You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to Paint Points. As usual, I'm your host Jake Painting. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the SB Nation Podcast Network and the Canis Hoopers family. On today's episode, we are back with the second edition of What Do Those Stats Mean? As was the case last week, I'll choose a couple of individual stats and try and break break them down a little bit and add some context and, and try and make them a little bit more than just a number. These podcasts won't ever be long ones, but hopefully they're informative and, and give you something to keep an eye on as you watch this weird season unfold. Today, I'm only going to do two different numbers, two different stats, and they're going to center around the Chris Finch and, and his first game in charge. Obviously, the coaching change that took place this week is the elephant in the room, unless you've been sheltering from the cold and from the Timberwolves losing streak under a giant boulder you'll know that Ryan Saunders has been dismissed by the team and that Chris Finch was immediately ushered in as the new head coach. So, yeah, this episode is going to be fixated on numbers that pertain to the Wolves' newest sideline figurehead and, and just a few things that we saw from, from the his first game in charge against the Milwaukee Bucks. As I record this, that game has just finished. The Wolves have just been finished, finished being blown out by a red-hot Bucks team. Uh, it really should come as no surprise given, firstly, how good the Bucks are and, secondly, how in flux the entire Minnesota Timberwolves team is at the moment with, obviously, the coaching change that just took place less than 48 hours ago and, and trying to wrap their head around that and wrap their head around the way that Finch wants to play. But even within that horrible loss, uh, it, it is there was very one very encouraging number to come from that and... That was Carl Anthony Towns and his career-high 11 assists. Uh, I think Towns was pretty awesome in every facet tonight, but it's the playmaking that stood out to me, and mostly because using bigs as, as offensive fulcrums and as facilitators is one of Finch's historical calling cards. Whether it was helping Nikola Jokic rise to prominence in, in 2016, whether it was working and developing the playmaking aspect of Anthony Cousin, uh, Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins, sorry, uh, or even his short time with Pascal Siakam this season, I think there's there's a reason that Finch has earned himself the nickname the Big Whisperer. And teams teams that have employed Finch have always got better offensively in their first season, and usually they did so by playing through one or two big men. In Houston, where he formed that relationship with Gerson Roses that probably saw him get this job and, and helped him get this job with the Wolves. The Rockets went from 16th to 4th in offensive rating in Finch's first season. In Denver, they went from 17th to 4th. In New Orleans, they jumped from 26th to, 20, uh, to 12th. And Toronto this season had jumped from 13th to 10th before Finch departed. And that's not a fortuity. I think that tonight, for the first time in far too long, 
the offense was unequivocally running through Carlton Towns every minute he was out there. Sure, Malik Beasley is going to get his, and he played well tonight as he has all season. But when that comes, but that when that comes by playing off Towns rather than than bypassing Cat completely, that's when you start to see the makings of a good offense. I think, and and that was what we saw tonight. Make no mistake, the the defense was horrendous, and Giannis and his fellow big men got whatever they wanted inside. But there was there's certainly optimism to be found within Minnesota's offense from this game and particularly within that Towns and Beasley offensive pairing. Five of Towns' 11 assists came for Beasley, came on Beasley buckets, and eight of Towns' 11 assists were on made three-point shots. I think as Finch starts to dig his claws into Towns and build an offensive identity, you will see Cat operating at the elbow a ton, like Jokic and Cousins did under Finch. Tonight, we did see a bit of that, but... Towns' assist numbers were mainly just due to having the ball run through him consistently. He threw multiple short roll dimes, had one or two really nice dishes out of out of post-up situations, and was con- constantly picked out in pick-and-pop situations, which allows him to feed cutters from either a standstill position or attack off the catch and throw those, those live dribble passes on the move, which are just so impressive for a guy his size. There, there's a real-life offensive linchpin within Carnegie Towns, one who can do it all, and that includes making plays for others consistently. It's it's not a coincidence that he recorded a career high eleven dimes tonight. Finch had his fingerprint his fingerprints all over that. Uh it just seems like when you get towns the ball, you get cutters around him, you get guys moving off the ball, whether it's stringing actions for threes, whether it's backside cuts, we if you if you look at at Nikola Jokic's rise to prominence in that 2016-17 season. A lot of it was because Denver not only started giving him the ball and started treating him like the star that obviously he would blossom to become, as we see Jokic now, he's a superstar of the NBA, probably the best passing big man of all time and arguably the best big in the NBA. But when he was just blossoming into that, that star kind of player, it was because... Chris Finch and Mike Malone over in Denver, they really used him, started using him the right way, and most importantly, started using the players around him the right way. If you give Jokic the ball and you have cutters coming off pin downs, cutters, backdoor cutters, guys sitting in the dunkers spot, guys moving moving around, you know, you play him in handoff situations where, where you can fake the handoff and someone curls around him into the basket, that's when you can start throwing easy dishes. Obviously, Jokic and Towns have the hard one in in their repertoire but when you can get these big guys who can pass and who can shoot and who can just be an offensive fulcrum when you get them playing with guys who are making them who are giving them easy decisions that's when things become a lot easier obviously and that's when those those assist numbers rack up and that's when that offensive rating starts to skyrocket finch made it clear immediately that playing through towns was his number one option. And I think with Saunders, that kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit as he tried to keep all the mouths fed that he had on the team. Beasley's obviously a great player. He had to, Saunders had D'Angelo Russell at the start of the season. Ricky Rubio is going to get some shots throughout a game. Anthony Edwards is obviously in a bit of a slump at the moment, but even in a slump, he, he's going to get his shots up. So 
finding a hierarchy and really sticking to it and really making those players buy into the hierarchy, I think that's that's crucial for this team and it's crucial for keeping Cat happy and it's crucial for, for running an offense that works because unless Towns is your unequivocal first option, the offense will not work. It it will not work to its full potential. And immediately we saw that from Finch. Towns shot 19 times tonight. 26 points, had the 11 assists, probably turned down a few shots that he should have taken as well. Obviously, everyone was a bit out of whack in this game just as they tried to figure out what Finch wanted on the fly and and really try and make their mark without having, a, I guess, a set game plan. Finch did say that he wanted to uninstall a lot of things rather than install things right now as, he, as he's only been with the team for two days, so... It did look like they were riffing a little bit. They were just trying to play free and and just trying to just trying to play basketball rather than than running a lot of set plays. But that works. That did work for Towns individually tonight. And I think as you as you see the offensive play calling and the offensive sets start to flourish a little bit, and these guys get some time together with Finch and some time in in the practice facility to work on things you'll start to see towns start to rack up you know six seven eight assists very regularly much more than he had in previous systems in previous regimes with pre- previous coaches so all in all i just think that the towns assist numbers tonight are very encouraging the way he got them in a variety of different ways is very encouraging and i just i, I think that it's going to be something that we start to see a little bit more regularly um, let's take a little quick break and, and we'll come back with stat number two. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, so the next stat on the agenda tonight is the franchise record-breaking 54 three-point attempts that the Timberwolves took tonight. That's 55% of their field goal attempts that, that they shot tonight came from beyond the arc. Just like the assist numbers with Cat, it, it's something we probably should come to expect under Finch's reign. Now, obviously, it's, it's not going to eclipse 53s a game very often especially considering considering the scorching hot Utah Jazz are leaving the league with 42.5 a night. But an increase from the 36.3 that the Wolves currently shoot on average per game is pretty likely. It's, it's a pretty likely bet when you take into account the history of teams Chris Finch has worked for. The Raptors are up from 37 last season to 43-point attempts a game this season. The Pelicans increased their attempts from 26.2 to 28.2 in Finch's first year there. And the Nuggets numbers skyrocketed from 23.7 to 28.8 in the 2016-2017 season when Finch was hired. This is a trend for Finch. He likes his teams to play fast and he likes them to launch shots. And I think more importantly than that is that he wants to run actions that empower his players to shoot good looks 
not just threes for the sake of threes. And as I said before, with, with the offense and, and, and it kind of synchronizing around Towns, as Finch gets more time to practice and just impart his wisdom and impart his, his game style into this team, those set plays for three-point shooters should become more regular and more innovative. That should lead to more nights with, with high-volume attempts like tonight, but hopefully more nights where they shoot better than, than the 35% that they that they did in this one. In, in general, I'm a fan of shooting a lot of threes. I think this team needs to do that to be successful, even if they don't quite have the roster necessary to do it at a high clip just yet. There's... There's Carlton Towns, obviously, potentially the best big man shooter of all time. Malik Beasley has been ripping nets all season with his three-point shooting. Anthony Edwards is hot and cold. And then you have you know, Jaden McDaniels is a good spot-up shooter out of the corner and is blossoming from behind the uh, from above the break. Uh, Ricky Rubio is a bit like Anthony Edwards, hot and cold. It's There's not enough shooting on this roster just yet to be, I guess, making 50-plus threes a night a thing or even 45 threes a night or, or anywhere near league leading. But just like last season, I think that's what we're going to see. They're going to try and work a style into this team, even if it doesn't quite fit it, especially a team that's 7-25. and 25. The, the season is effectively over in terms of wins and losses. Uh, so trying to find a game style that fits Finch's philosophy and then you can go out in the offseason, you can go into the, the draft if they keep their pick, of course, um, and try and find players that that fit that bill and that could shoot a ton of threes. That's that's going to be the, the game plan, I think, for, for both coach and front office. Um, but as is the case in the NBA, there's always a catch. And the catch with shooting a bunch of triples and playing at a frenetic pace trying to create those looks is that you're going to see more things go wrong. Namely, there's going to be more fast break opportunities for the opposition after they corral those long rebounds that you see fly off the rim from, from missed three-point shots and they and they leak out and get down the other end quickly. And there's going to be more turnovers as they try and find ways to creatively score from deep. Tonight, as expected in game one of this style, both of those problems reared their ugly head. Milwaukee scored 22 fast break points and, and 27 points off turnovers. Both way too high and, and I'm, I'm sure things that the coaching staff will be discussing with their team tonight. Uh, it, it does make a difference when you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo on the, on the court and he's just a one-man fast break and a one-man rebounding machine and, and can, can start those transition opportunities at the drop of a hat. But it, it, it was quite obvious tonight that when they were shooting those threes and missing those threes they they shot 19 of 54 so there sure was a, a lot of missed threes um it, it it came back to punish them and then when they tried to play that fast style they they tried to create for themselves as i said before there wasn't there wasn't really an offensive game plan as as finch tries to to imprint himself on this franchise and to to really th- add extra layers of of responsibility to the offense each game without without overloading these guys who have already spent thirty one games under Ryan Saunders and have gotten used to playing the way that that Saunders wanting them to play. So it's smart for Finch not to 
to lump too much on them or else things could go even worse than than they did tonight but it's that's going to be a problem maybe for the whole Finch tenure it's it's been a turnovers especially have always been a staple of Finch teams and I think that was most prominent in the three years he spent with New Orleans they ranked 22nd in turnovers in 2017-18 24th in 2018-19 and they hit 29th last season that that team last season if you know you don't remember watching them which I'm sure you do was fun man they they were running and gunning constantly, especially with Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson, those two who were regularly connecting on half-court lobs and full-court dimes. But turnovers come with that territory. For Minnesota, that's that's going to happen to you. It's hard to tell what the offense is going to look like when you get D'Angelo Russell back, who inherently plays a little bit slower and a little more under control. But right now they have Ricky Rubio, who is a kind of... Lonzo Ball archetype maybe maybe Lonzo Ball is Ricky Rubio's archetype but it's it's going to be all about finding a balance between launching those threes playing fast being risky you know trying to catch the defense out on fast breaks and then on the other hand limiting turnovers enough to not get murdered going the other way and that's going to be the the balancing beam for for Chris Finch, if, if he can get the right mixture of those two things, he really could have success here. You can see the way he wants to play even without those set plays and without having time to to really leave his fingerprints all over this offense. You can see that he's just he's told them to go out there, play fast, try and shoot threes, don't hesitate, get them up if you're open, but also try and do it in a smart way. And I am excited to see what that brings in the future. But right now, it's I wouldn't be surprised if we see more nights where teams score 22 fast break points or 27 points off turnovers. That's just that's just the way Finch teams Finch's teams have been. But as I said earlier, some of these teams that he's been the offensive coordinator on have been some of the best offensives in the league. So fine balance, but he's shown he can find it before. And hopefully, as this season progresses, we start to see the the makings of of him finding it again with, with obviously, Carl Anthony Towns and, and Malik Beasley and all the other offensive threats that Minnesota have. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just two stats tonight. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed them. As usual, you can hit me on Twitter at Jake Painting with any feedback or anything you want to hear about, uh, and we'll make something happen. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Likes, comments, ratings, subscriptions, all that good stuff is is always appreciated. It always helps the show grow. And uh, I'll see you guys next week.